Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 13 minutes after 11, 10 p.m. this evening. Look, the road traffic inspectorate has likened the torching of the 11 trucks on the N3 highway and the N4 highways uh, on the anniversary of the July unrest. We all remember uh, that really sad uh, period moment in our in our democratic history. Uh, it likened it to that moment uh, and say that this is vandalism uh, that replicates just exactly that. Is that too immature? too premature a statement to make given that they haven't completely been able to determine the motive behind it i'm joined in this conversation uh by professor jackie walters who's from the transport and supply chain management department at the university of johannesburg prof walters good evening welcome to the show thank you so much for your time this evening is it too premature a statement to liken this torching to that moment of uh, july 2021 good evening Oliver and the listeners um, I think so. I think the investigations are still underway. And, uh, you know, once uh, they, they can speak to the perpetrators and catch them, uh, we'll find out what the motive was. But uh, I think it's early to speculate around that or anything else at this point in time. I think it's pure vandalism and economic sabotage that we have here. Yeah. Look, there are certain types of crimes that we can reasonably speculate about, right? Certain classes of crimes. Um, is this just sporadic arson or is this deliberate premeditated uh, sabotage of the country's supply chain and a threat towards it? Or is it uh, personalized beef between one company and another and this is isolated to just that? It's not about destabilizing the country's supply chain uh, at what many would call a treasonous level as they did in July 2021. What class of crime would you Categorizes, And of course, one class of crime may not be sufficient in describing the full facts of what we know so far. It may overlap across various classes of crimes. But how would you frame this? I think it's a crime against the country and against the supply chain industry. I think it's premeditated. It was premeditated because they really targeted the choke points on both these major corridors, one down to Bombella near near the tunnel, although there's the alternative route there, but on the Fanrian's pass, I mean, there's no real alternative route, and they and they. It's a corridor. Sorry, you know, sorry. Can you just repeat that last sentence? Your line just cut there time. for. A, sorry, Prof Walters. Your line just cut there for a second. Do you mind just repeating that last sentence? No, I'm saying on the on the on the, on pass, it's a choke point that they use there where. where there was no other way of getting there and getting around that. There are very few alternative routes, you know. So uh, they closed down that corridor very effectively by burning those six trucks. Right. And, and you know, there's this blame uh, uh, apportioned towards a failure in intelligence of the country. Is that a fair characterization of what could have prevented these from happening? Is this something that uh, our intelligence net- network should have reasonably have been able to anticipate? I think every South African would say yes. I mean, uh, I think South Africa has, has a problem currently with this type of intelligence, and not, across, not only in our sector, but elsewhere as well. And I think, uh, you know, we should have been aware of this emerging threat and by knowing what's going on on the ground, what people are talking about. Um, because this is definitely, this appears to be organized very well 
and uh, premeditated. So uh, it's not normally restricted to just a few people doing the work itself, you know, there are other people involved as well. So it may, it may be even a part of a strategy of some organization you know, to make a point or to get people to sit around the table, yeah. talk about issues. You don't, we don't know at this point in time, unfortunately. Yeah. What does this sort of, <clears throat> my apologies, you say various people may have been involved. Can you, as far as you possibly can, sketch out for us what such a crime syndicate looks like? What are the types of people and expertise involved in making sure that something like this is possible? No, I cannot really talk about that. You know, I, I'm not a crime expert. It's just what one reads, what one hears, you know, and, uh, being organized crime. And um, I mean, this is really pre- must have been premeditated because it happened within short space of time in two different corridors, two very important corridors in South Africa, and they burned trucks, similarity between the two, and they used a choke point. So it must have been premeditated by some group or syndicate, whatever the motive was. Yeah. And, and, and how vulnerable is South Africa's supply chain at the moment? Uh, well, not at the moment, historically, how vulnerable has our supply chain been to these sort of arsenic um, syndicated attacks? Well, if you look at the if you look at the major freight flows in the country, you know Cape Town, Johannesburg, uh, Elizabeth East, London, towards Hateng, uh, Durban, um, you know down to Kumati um, Port across the border to Mozambique and so on, these are very important freight corridors. And uh, anything that happens on that freight corridor affects the economy um, of the country um, because that's where our, most of our cargo flows from here. To, from the Gauteng area down to the coastal areas and vice versa. Because Gauteng is 35% of the GDP of South Africa. Most of the manufacturing takes place here. So if you close down a corridor like that, like they've done Fafins on Afarino's Pass, it affects the businesses that are dependent on road freight. And in South Africa, uh, about 88% of all the tonnages moved in this country is moved by road. So it's a very effective manner and a way of de- destabilizing um, regional economies and also the supply chain itself. It, is, it affects uh, manufacturers that are dependent on this cargo for manufacturing processes or consumers depending on products that's been imported or exported. So it, it, it affects everybody. At the end of the day, we pay for that. Yeah, and and and, and I'm, I'm I'm assuming that insurance companies are starting to uh, factor these security uh, risk and start, uh, you know, forming the actuarial models that that can quantify this risk, and they're starting to factor that into premiums. And obviously, uh, supply chain operators, trucking companies, are starting to factor that uh, into into operational costs. Uh, how big of an impact does it have on the cost of supply chain? Well, you know, with Sosria Insurance uh, taking a knock, I think about 35 billion rand uh, two years ago with the major unrest that we've had, Sosria premiums have, have increased tremendously. For the, that covers this type of, uh, um, you know, vandalism and, and, you know, burning of trucks and so on. So that's been added to the cost of, this, of operating supply chain and transporting of products. Uh, so, um, yeah, we feel it. You know, we, we, we're all feeling it. All the insurance costs have gone up as well. So yes, insurance companies factor that in. Is are you able? Do you have an idea about the scale of it? Uh, to to what? How many hundreds of millions or billions per annum uh, does it impact the industry? And 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 does of course I'm assuming it trickles down to consumers. No, I don't have that figure. Um, all I know, you know, there are so many 
controllable and uncontrollable costs in the industry itself. Uh, this this appears to be coming more uncontrollable. Yeah, is vandalism affecting insurance policies and so on. So, but the, the quantum of that, I have no idea of. Yeah, yeah, I I understand that you're not a crime expert, but from an industry's inside view, what could law enforcement and security forces potentially do? Are there better strategies around which they can coordinate to be able to predict these things, prevent these things, and mitigate against it? I think one one needs a specialist group or task group that looks at this from a security point of view, you know, intelligence, police, and so on, uh, with the businesses themselves that are affected, these cargo, cargo, uh, cargo operators, uh, not without them, because they also have a lot of information at hand. Many of these companies already in South Africa have escorts or convoys of vehicles in areas where they know there's lots of theft going on, you know, stealing stuff from vehicles, hijacking vehicles, and so on. And, th- and those groupings, those security companies, also have their own intelligence systems. So it's, uh, it's probably a, gr- a joint effort between SAPs, intelligence services, those companies providing specialist security services, and the operators themselves. Let them sit around the table and talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And and is there a, a, a coordinating body within the supply chain industry, within the trucking industry uh, that is working towards this? Is there anything that you may know from a research perspective? Well, there's a road freight association um, that, that, that represents the road freight industry, mostly the operators that transport for a reward. Those operators that tr- transport stuff and goods and so on uh, over longer distances like Durban, Johannesburg, you know, Maputo and so on. Um, so they are very much onto this guy, and Kelly is their CEO, and he's very outspoken as far as this is concerned. Then there's this task force that was established in 2022 uh, to deal with um, the issues of the labor that was raised by um, a, a forum uh, alleging that companies are employing foreigners and not paying them well, and so on. They're taking the jobs of local, potentially local uh, drivers. That's an inter- interministerial committee consisting of four ministers and four ministries. I mean, that's another area where they can go to and say, you know, this thing hasn't worked. Why hasn't it worked? Uh, find out why hasn't it worked and try and solve the problems there. And in the road freight industry itself, there's also a bargaining council where employers and employees are represented. That's also a forum where these issues, if it's labor related, can be aired yeah. and discussed. Uh, but, you know, to hold the whole uh, uh, supply chain as important as the one that's got it down to Durban at ransom by burning trucks because of grievances is not the way to go about this. Um, if there are specific companies that these individuals are aware of or these groupings are aware of that are transgressing as far as employment or foreigners are concerned, they should address with those companies themselves. And there are forums to deal with that, not the entire industry. Yeah. Uh, to that, and I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned, uh, um, you know, labor labor forums, employee forums. I'm assuming moments like these significantly increases the risk that supply chain workers, especially truck drivers on our roads, are facing. And no doubt that their union representatives, if many of them aren't union, unionized, but insofar as they are, would be putting pressure on, 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 on operators in the space 
to make sure that they they ensure the safety of the workers uh, to the best of their abilities uh, within the parameters and 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 the variables and factors they can control, and to increase hazard pay, for instance, and hazard insurance uh, for a lot of their workers. Is is that a conversation that has started picking up? I would imagine that drivers would have had this, especially after the big riots that we had in 2022 and the sporadic incidences. This is not limited to these two incidences now over the, over the weekend, but throughout the country we've had these incidences of trucks being burnt and so on and drivers' lives being in danger. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's being dealt with in the bargaining council. Right. Uh, the bargaining council is the place where they would deal with these types of things. But certainly, I can imagine the drivers are very concerned. Um, so the problem is you cannot police every kilometer of a highway uh, 24 right. hours a day, you know, <laughs> 365 days a year. It's not possible. So uh, you know, it's a systemic thing that one has to address from a systemic point of view uh, to, to, get, to get to grips with this issue. Yeah. Has, has satellite policing technology uh, improved to a point where <clears throat> it can assist in, in, in blind spot policing? Yeah, I think so. I think the cameras that we see all over our suburbs and uh, cities and along the main roads, I think, will help a lot. But you still need reaction time. It's very quick to set a vehicle alight and then move off, you know, right. even if you have cameras there. So, uh, but the thing is, I, I think the hotspots, you know, Moira Field was, uh, for, for, for a long time, Moira River was, was the hotspot because the vehicles had to stop their toll gate. And many vehicles were burned there in 2022. Uh, but certainly, uh, top of Andreas Pass appears to be another area, and, and maybe it calls for specific policing there and awareness, uh, you know, of, of police presence and surveillance systems on that part of the route if it's not there already. Yeah. But to increase it then, if it's there already. Yeah, it certainly is. Is is one of those moments that will have the industry ask itself a lot of hard questions, and obviously call on a a, a much more bigger multidisciplinary approach towards curbing uh, the crime and the arsenic. Uh, you know, sabotage of our of our of our national supply chain, but perhaps I should ask this: that state security, so state intelligence, is internalized in the office of the president. That means that the president has direct oversight uh, of intelligence and would get more often than not, uh, more often than his predecessors, intelligence briefings on these sort of things. And of course, uh, no doubt the president would be able to scale. Uh, the economic uh, impact that such sabotage has. Do you think that there is, and have you noted, an urgent enough response from the highest office in the country? Well, I think it was noted today by the president that he's very concerned about the impact of this on the economy. I think so. It's, he's very much aware of that. The Minister of Transport has also expressed her views around this. And this, there is this ministerial committee, interministerial committee, four ministries involved. So, yes, I think it's being addressed. Uh, whether it's effective is another question. I mean, yeah. These are two incidents, as I've mentioned, over the weekend. But throughout the country, every day, we have these types of issues going on. You know, escorting of vehicles through areas that are you know, known for, for this type of uh, uh, you know, hijacking and theft and so on. So it must be addressed holistically. Uh, and by addressing it in specific areas is good. And maybe it will have results. But throughout the country, we have a big problem as far as this is concerned. Yeah. What, what would uh, such a level of uh, efficacy look like? You mentioned there it's the, the structures are there. Whether it's effective is a different question. What would be the litmus test for efficacy here? 
able to monitor these incidents and see that it's, uh, that it decreases or always extinguished at all, um, you know, and see a, a lessening of these types of incidents throughout the country. And to do that, I think you need to catch these people. And most often, these people are not caught. They get away with it. And uh, we never hear from them again. And this is a big problem that we have, even with the 2022 looting. Uh, how many people have really been apprehended following that looting, uh, despite cameras, despite police and defense force uh, presence? So uh, it's, it's a matter of prosecuting people that do this and making examples of them and putting, putting them in jail, making examples of them that, that shouldn't do these types of things. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time this evening, Prof. Walters. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, this is definitely something we're going to be following much, much, much closer. I'm taking your reactions to this conversation. Give me a call. 86 I'll repeat that. It's 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. That is on Twitter, on threads, as well as on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook, Oliver Dixon, over there.